You are listening to How Does She Do It, episode 125. Welcome to the ride. Thank you for joining me for another episode of How Does She Do It? My name is Tiffany and I am your host. And through this podcast and my coaching, I help you own your story, live fueled by faith, and elevate your impact in your career and in your calling. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If this is your third, fourth, fifth, sixth, or 125th time listening, we are happy to have you back. The show notes for this week's episode will be available at HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com. If you want to connect with me on social, I am at Tiff South, and that's Tiff with two Fs, both on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also follow the show's account, which is at how does underscore she do it. And if you are so inclined, you can take a screenshot of you listening to the episode on whatever podcast platform you are listening on, share it to your Instagram stories, and I will reshare it. And that's a really good way to share the podcast to help it grow, to show other people that you're interested. And it is something that I I really appreciate. And if you want, you can just share one takeaway, anything that you'd like to do, or you can just send me a DM on Instagram or Twitter and let me know that you are listening. I have seen a few of you do this in the last several weeks and I really appreciate it. And I've also seen people posting the summaries that are coming up on Spotify. I guess Spotify does a trend of what you've listened to in the last year. And so I've seen some of you share that and I have been among one of the top five podcasts podcasts that some of you have listened to, which is super dope, super humbling. So I appreciate you doing that. And with that, let's get right into this week's episode. I'm not sure if you can tell, but I am a little under the weather this week. And so the quality of my voice is a little bit different. And as I've gone through the week, and this has been going on since, you know, for about four days now, and it hit me yesterday that I was hesitating to record. And I realized that although the sound of my voice is different, at least it feels different for me to me. And it does, you know, there is a little bit of discomfort in talking for long periods of time. The value of what I have to say does not change. And so in thinking about, you know, this is not necessarily related to the topic of this episode, but as you think about your voice and the value of what you have to say, there may be shifts and times that are different, that you're experiencing something different, that you are feeling something different, even within yourself, within the things that are going on around you. But the importance and the impact of what you have to say, of what you have to add to an environment, to a situation, to the way that someone thinks about something, to the way that you express yourself, that value doesn't change, although the feeling of your voice may change, although the sound of your voice may change. So as you're thinking about whether you should say something or not say something because something has shifted for you. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't still use your voice. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't still speak up. The way that you might deliver the information might be different. The tone with which you deliver it might be different, but the impact of your message, the impact of your experience, the impact of you sharing with others, that is where the real value is. So do not be afraid to use your voice. 
With that said, we are wrapping up our series on setting goals for 2020. I still have some content that related to what I want to share with you about the year that I've had, the lessons that I've learned. I am not I haven't decided if I'm going to go back as far as the last 10 years considering that we are rounding out a decade. And every time I hear somebody say that, I'm just like, yo, don't put it like that. But this is a significant shift, right? And in some ways, it's just another year. In some ways, it's just another day. But the beginning and ending of a year, the beginning and ending of a decade, they're significant and they're big opportunities for us to take and develop momentum, not because the world tells us to, but based on the work that we do in our in our own time, in our own quiet time, which is what we talked about on episode 124, making the time for quiet time so that you can begin to really almost wipe a slate clean so that you can build on something fresh, build on new momentum, build on renewed energy. And that is kind of what we're hoping to do. And that's what I've been trying to do in sharing some of these goal setting lessons and information that I've gathered over the last two years in working through Michael Hyatt's book and his process. So what we're going to share today or what I'm going to talk about today is the step three in his Your Best Year Ever process. And again, I recommend that you get the book for yourself because I am obviously not going into significant detail, but I'm sharing some of the lessons and things that I think are foundational to you really being able to move forward in a meaningful way and actually setting goals. And remember, and I don't know if I've actually talked about this, but I, back when I used to blog, which it feels like almost actually almost 10 years ago, which is crazy to say, I used to talk about the difference between resolutions and goals and how resolutions didn't really carry enough of a weight with them that would actually allow you to begin to build momentum. And there are several reasons for that. And a lot of data shows that when people set resolutions by the time the end of February comes, they've already forgotten what they've done or they're already off track or they've lost direction in terms of the things that they said that they wanted to set out to do at the outset of the year. When I decided to get more intentional about my goal setting, and a lot of this really started around thinking about my business, but what I've learned is that it's a holistic process. One of the reasons why I started Four Corners Coaching that was based on a blog that I used to write was because of the way that different aspects of our lives intersect and that was something that as a student, I was less aware of. And once I became, you know, a working member of society, I started to notice different aspects of my lives tugging on the others. And where there was incongruence in one area, it was causing strain in others. And so one of the things that I want to have you think about is what areas of your life do you want to focus on? You can, some again, sometimes things might be more important than others, but in, and in particularly in certain seasons, but don't be afraid to take a holistic view of where you are. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to set a goal for every single area of your life, but at least examine and evaluate and say, okay, is there something that I want to work toward in this area? And if not, then move on. And again, as the year goes on, Next year, maybe something may come up that you want to identify a goal. So before I get too far down that rabbit hole, let's talk about the importance of 
setting goals, right? So we, over the last several episodes, we have talked about a few different things going through the steps of the, of the, your best year ever process, talking about completing the past, the after action review, asking yourself questions, really thinking about, you know, what did you want to experience? What actually happened? And really doing some intentional reflection. Now at this point in the process, he talks about going forward. And there are five steps in Michael Hyatt's process. I'm only going into the last, this this step is the third step and I won't go into the others in for the purposes of brevity and for the encouragement of you actually getting to getting the book so in thinking about goal setting and vision I thought about the verse from the book of Habakkuk that and I hope I said that right because I've heard people say it different ways but don't judge okay just let me know maybe send me a message and tell me how you pronounce it anyway there's a popular verse that we often hear that it's the truncated version of write the vision and make it plain. And that comes from Habakkuk 2, verse 2. And I just wanted to paint a little bit of a picture about what's happening in this conversation between Habakkuk and God. Habakkuk is a, is a prophet. And he basically came to God just like, yo, things in Israel are really, really bad right now. So he goes through chapter one, kind of lamenting and complaining to God. He, he goes to God with two complaints. And at the beginning of chapter two, he says, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. So Abaka goes to God and he says, he dumps it all out there. He goes and he says, this is what's happening. Can you please like say something? And in thinking about the steps that we have done over the last two weeks, it's almost like us going through the same process, right? We have reflected, and again, this is why I've mentioned it's really important to be intentional about this process and involve God in it because you don't want to be, as a believer, not connected to God in your reflection and goal-setting process. So he goes before God, he issues these complaints, but then he goes and stands at a watch post and he looks out to see how God will answer him. And in that waiting, it, he is waiting in faith. He makes this statement that I will look out to see what he will say to me. Not I hope that he will respond to me, but I will look out to see what he will say to me. And in verse two of chapter two, the Lord responds and he says, and the Lord answered me, write the vision Make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. And in verse 4, God is continuing to speak here. It says, behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by his faith. And this is the righteous shall live by faith. That is something that recurs multiple times in the New Testament. And it really is about being faithful related to the vision that God is going to put forth. And what I wanted to do in kind of thinking about what specifically what verse two says, and the Lord answered me, quote, 
write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. I went to the message version and the message version is something that some people take issue with. And I think the message version is one of those translations where it's not necessarily the place you start, but it gives you a really plain text way of hearing and understanding scripture. So the same section reads, and the Lord, and then God answered, write this, write what you see, write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. This vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait. And it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in the coming, wait. It is on its way. It will come right on time. And when I read that and I was thinking about these, this framework that I'm going to share with you that comes from Michael Hyatt's book in a few minutes, it made me think about the importance of declaring the vision. So what Habakkuk Habakkuk rather, (laughs) what Habakkuk is doing is writing what God has told to him. He is writing out what God has told to him and making it so plain that other people can see the vision. So it's taking a download from God and putting it plainly so that it can be read and referenced by others. And in writing out your goals, that is the similar process, right? In writing out the vision that you have, if you are taking time to convene with God, if you're taking time to hear from from him, if you're taking time to reflect on what you've experienced, what you've been through, the desires of your heart, where it aligns with his will, and then going forward and translating those into goals, I'm not talking about necessarily high pie in the sky, lofty goals, but even goals that are specific to reducing your debt, improving your health, losing weight, increasing your salary, changing jobs, you know, becoming a better parent, becoming a better person, going to therapy, all those kinds of things. Those goals can relate to the bigger vision that God has for your life. And so it is important again, to partner with God in this process and to be still and quiet enough so that you can hear from him so that he can nudge you. And again, it might not be in, his voice may not come in the loud booming and give you every single word in the same way that he has done for the prophets in various parts of scripture, but you can really get insight from God. He wants to give you insight. He wants you to hear from his spirit And that is the value of reading his word and getting still before him so that you are able to not just freestyle, right? Not just do what you want to do, but also reflect and move in a way that he inspires you to move. And I should also add here something that I learned in from a lot of different places, but also I've mentioned Amos Johnson's podcast, Church for Entrepreneurs. And one of the things that he said that just always rings in my mind as someone who sometimes is too hesitant to take concrete action, that God doesn't micromanage our decisions. So while he wants to be part of our process, part of our lives, and to be and walk with us, he is not a micromanager. He has given us free will such that if we are 
operating to fulfill the desires of our heart in alignment with his will, that he allows us freedom in movement. There's freedom in in living and operating with God as our father and as joint heirs in Christ. So again, this is not a micromanaged process. This is not me telling you that you have to wait. If you don't hear the specific words of, you know, writing this goal out from God, then you shouldn't write a goal down. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that there, this is a joint process and there is freedom in engaging in this process in a way that is open, in a way that is earnest, and in a way that is is meant to fulfill the bigger picture and bigger vision that God has for your life. So let's get very quickly to Michael Hyatt's smarter framework. So like I mentioned there, this is a part of his, you know, your best year ever framework. And when I, there have been, you know, I'm sure many of you have probably heard of smart goals and Michael Hyatt has taken the smart goal framework and and added some things to it, made some adjustments and just kind of, you know, made it his own. So I will share these words with you in hopes that as you move through and think about your own goals, like I said, his book incorporates way more detail than I'm giving you here, including some dope templates on how to actually write out what these goals look like in a way that will help you really see them through in a different way. And I can say that having done this process, I have seen me work these goals in a way. And as I'm writing them, just see them come to life in a different way. So, and again, this is also not me saying that this is the only way to do it, but as someone who has been a little bit of a nerd for, you know, the last five years or so in trying to find a productivity system and a goal setting system that is something that I could use in a broad way in multiple aspects of my life. This has been the one that I've landed on. So let's get into it. Now, remember, this is a written goal framework and it has eight components. They spell out the word smarter. So here we go. Specific, measurable, actionable, risky, time-keyed, exciting, and relevant. I'll say them again. Specific, measurable, actionable, risky, time-keyed, exciting, and relevant. Now, again, remember, this is from Michael Hyatt's framework. This is not my work. I cannot take credit for it. However, it is something that you can apply all the time across all the areas. And I remember when I used to write out, I actually probably could find a blog post where I wrote about quote unquote smart goals, which he has obviously enhanced and built on that framework using the smarter. But I talked about smart goals and they, they include many of these things, but he's made some tweaks and adjustments. So specific, you want your goal to be specific because it helps you stay focused. It helps you get focused. You want your goal to be measurable because you need to know when you've reached the goal. So if I say I want to pay off debt as my goal, that is a goal, but that goal is not specific. It doesn't tell me how much debt. It doesn't tell me what type of debt. It doesn't tell me when. It doesn't tell me you know anything about really this debt that I'm trying to address. It doesn't tell me how I'm going to pay off the debt, anything like that. When you say measurable, then how will I know I've paid off my debt? Let's say, you know, is it, I have one credit card, is it four credit cards? Am I talking about student loan debt, mortgage debt, personal loan debt, car loan debt, right? Whatever, whatever the case may be. The next one is actionable. And basically actionable just means 
using words that are clear, direct, that imply some action that are verbs, right? So again, I want to take care of debt doesn't quite do it. If you want to pay down debt, if you want to pay off debt, if you want to eliminate debt, reduce, right? Those are the kinds of words that we're talking about here. Risky. And asking if the goal is risky, is it going to stretch you? Is it going to actually push you? So if you say, I want to pay off $50 in debt in one month, that's not going to stretch you, right? Or maybe it might, depending on what your financial circumstances are. But if you say, I want to reduce my debt by $2,000 in two months, that is something that will probably stretch you a little bit. The next one is time keyed. Is there a deadline? So I just mentioned two months, right? Making a goal that has some sort of time commitment attached to it or some deadline attached to it, it keeps you from having a goal that will stretch out all of 2020 into 2021. So for example, again, we'll go back to the debt example. I want to pay down debt. Doesn't tell you anything. There's no boundaries. There's no box around it. There's no parameters set to it. But if I want to eliminate 50% of my debt by the fourth quarter of 2020 or the first quarter of 2021, now I am stretching myself. I'm giving myself something big. I'm giving myself something significant to reach towards. The E, I remember I mentioned, is exciting. Does the goal excite you? Does it inspire you to work towards it? What is going to be the objective of or the benefit of paying off all of this debt? What is the reward going to be on the other side of it? And last but not least, he talks about the goal being relevant. Does it matter to you? Why? Does it align to where you are? Does it align with what you value? Does it align with what your needs are? Does it align with things that you're trying to set yourself up for in the future, right? So in thinking about setting your goals, you want to be specific. You want to put a time frame to it. You want to make sure that you're writing the goals in a way that inspire specific directions and action. You want to make sure that your goal is going to stretch you. You want to make sure that it has some time reference related to it, that it excites you, that it's not just something mundane, that it's something that motivates you or inspires you. And you want to make sure that it's something that actually matters to you, that connects to some other thing that drives you or that's important to you. That is my quick and dirty way to approach goals. It's the way that I do it. Again, I've mentioned a hundred times in the last several episodes, hopefully you're not tired of hearing me say it, the resources that I use to go about this process for myself. And I am sitting here with my full focus planners for the year of 2019. I actually just pulled out the goal goals that I've written that I wrote in quarter one. And, you know, the book, the planner itself has different sections for your annual goals. And then it goes into your goal detail that walks through, you know, some of the things that I've shared today. But I had at the beginning of quarter one for this year was to launch the second cohort of Elevate Your Career Academy and enroll a certain number within the program. And I did that, right? So I was able to check off, check off to check off, uh, you know, check off that goal. I also talked about wanting to host a virtual workshop. I've done that twice this year, actually. I have another goal here of launching the third cohort of Elevate Your Career Academy, which is something that is rolling into 2020. But the fact of the matter is, I have 
several goals written down and goals that I've added since that I use to follow this framework and I can track my progress based on what I said. And one of the things that is that is powerful, again, based on, you think about, you know, what we just talked about from the book of Habakkuk, again, hoping I'm saying that correctly, where God told him to write the vision and make it plain and to believe that it would come to pass. That is, that's the work that we're doing. That is the work that we're trying to do. That's the process that we're trying to emulate. And as believers, we are the righteous that shall live by faith. So if we are the righteous that we, and we will live by faith, we are living by faith in, and hoping in this vision that God has given to us. And again, doing this in partnership with him, not freestyling on your own because we know. And sometimes you may reach goals and hit goals that were not informed by God because again, he doesn't micromanage us, but think about how more, how much more awesome it would be for you to set your goals in partnership with him, to sit still and be quiet in enough for enough of a season to be inspired by some of the things that he wants you to do and to acknowledge some of the things he's probably already told you that you should be trying to do. And even still leaving room for making adjustments, right? This is not a static process. This is not something that has to happen in a vacuum that should only happen once. This is something that you should revisit. You should revisit your goals multiple times throughout the year, if not you know, on a monthly basis, at least quarterly probably. But this is a time to get excited. And like I mentioned, this is the conclusion of our goal setting series. So I hope that you have gotten a lot of value out of it because, you know, like I said, this is the process that I go through every year for myself or not every year, but this is the, this will be the third year that I've done this process for myself. And I have seen my focus throughout the year shift by virtue of me doing, taking time to do this. And this is not meant to be something that has to drag out for two months. It can, if you want to, but it is, I think it's valuable to take concentrated time during this season to do this work so that as 2020 comes around, you have already done the groundwork to begin doing the thing that you set out to do. And what I will be sharing for the next, for the rest of this year is, you know, reflections that I have on the, the decade that I've had. I've seen a lot of things happen in the last 10 years in my life. A lot of, you know, victory, a lot of loss, a lot of struggle, a lot of success. I've also seen myself grow significantly just in this last year as I face, you know, a new, a new milestone in my life in terms of my age as in, in 2020. So I'm looking forward to reflecting with you. I'm looking forward to sharing the things that I learned in my own process throughout the next several weeks. And I thank you for listening to episode 125 of How Does She Do It? If you are interested in Connecting with me and scheduling a call with me, you can go to bit.ly slash 10 tiff. Again, that's bit.ly slash 10 tiff, and we can talk about ways we can work together in 2020. If you are interested in connecting with me on social, I am at Tiff South, and that's Tiff with two Fs, and you can follow the show's account as well. And if you have not had an opportunity to leave a five-star rating and review in the Apple Podcast app, I would greatly appreciate it if you could do so. And until next time, be blessed and be a blessing. Be a blessing.
peace. <laughs>